never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview, and I'm so excited because I've got Julia Barton with me. Julia is actually a co-author of our beautiful book, Depression Light to Me, and she is a special woman. Uh, There are not many women you come across who have been a Reiki certified person, in this case, a child at age eight. So she started early in her journey in a spiritual uh, a spiritual awakening journey, and which is wonderful. But even the best laid plans and the best laid, I don't know, circumstances can still derail you when depression hits you out of the blue. And today I'm so I'm so honored that Julia is coming onto the show. Teach us a bit about the lessons she had to learn the hard way, and uh, the work that she is now doing as a postpartum doula, as a, a server to women um, to make their life a better a, a better life, so to speak, to to improve their plight despite of things like depression hitting them. So, Julia, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to share about the book and just, yeah, talk about a subject that is, you know, taboo in some places and just, yeah, be open and honest and hopefully help somebody that might hear or read the book. So I'm super excited. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, because I mean, that is that is really just setting the scene. So obviously your parents must have been very well into the spiritual realm and well connected uh, with their with their bodies. Would that be fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, My mother kind of went through I'm I'm not going to speak for her, but in my view um, as a child went through a sorts of a rebirth, you know, when I was younger and went on to a more spiritual path. Um, Her child wasn't, childhood wasn't the best either. So she really made a point to do differently, to be differently and to just do things differently the way that her parents did. So she went down this path of yeah, just being more aware and, you know, using different modalities. We also grew up in a holistic household using herbs and teas and medicinal um, medicines and homeopathic medicines and using Reiki as well, energy work as different modalities of healing. Hmm. And it was, it was very different because I grew up in the eighties and there wasn't much of that. I mean, she had a circle of friends that was into that, but as a child, there wasn't many children that I knew that kind of grew up in the same kind of atmosphere. So it was, it was hard at times because yeah, I mean, not a lot of people didn't really know that kind of lifestyle. So I kind of hit it a little bit, you know, I wasn't forthcoming and open about it, you know, when you go to school, cause it is you know, it's kind of weird <laughs> to others, especially that long ago. So, mm. yeah. It, 
And that's that's distinguished that. I mean, some people, some viewers, the listeners might think, ah, hippie, flower power. Well, that was really the 60s and yeah. uh, and uh, the time of free love and things like that. That yeah. is probably not what we're talking about here because nope. uh, hippie, free love and trying to smoke yeah. or drink or have yes. everything that moves. Yes. That's not that's not what no. we're talking about. We're no. talking really the exploration of the soul and exploration mm -hmm. of the, the spiritual, I don't know, world, yeah. uh, to say it yeah. like that. I mm -hmm. think the reality is that that there are so many things out there that we don't know about. And we yes. are only in the last 10, 15 years, I guess, uh, have become to realize that actually um, energy uh, healing or energy pathways within the body are actually very much a real thing that mm. we can use yeah. uh, many modalities to actually yeah modify how our brain works how our uh, parasympathetic nervous system and sympathetic nervous system coexist those kind of things mm -hmm. there's so much there that we actually can do so yeah. that's beautiful so you your parents were essentially uh, a, a braille a trailblazer a trendsetter mm -hmm. uh, in the 80s uh, yes yes definitely wow. <laughs> not many kids have drumming ceremonies or reiki um reiki parties yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Like it was, it was very different, but it was fun. That's how I grew up. And, and it was, you know, all that stuff came natural to me and, mm -hmm. um, you know, just feeling energies and, and just being in that world. So it worked for me. So maybe there are quite a few people out there who actually have no clue what Reiki is. How would you yeah. describe that to someone? Yeah. So Reiki is basically a modality of um, healing that uses universal energy. So the universe has energy, we have energy, energy surrounds us. So there's all this bountiful, beautiful light energy that we can tap into to help, you know, us heal. And I want to also mention that it works best with a mixture, you know, um, Eastern and Western medicines, you know, it, it's, um, you know, there are people that just do certain things, but it's it works well with um, Western medicine as well to help in areas that that might not help, especially if there's um, I'm not going to get too much into chakras, but a lot of time that's basically like different energies in different parts of your body and um, energy work can kind of help heal those different areas. If you're having different ailments, sometimes it can be an energy block in one of those areas. Like if your, your throat chakra is blocked, sometimes you get really sore throats, you have tonsillitis or, you know, so many different things. And sometimes it just, it can mean something deeper. Um, and using energy work can help clear that mm. and also use it for protection. Um, I did that a lot as a child because I was always scared. I, I will admit I'm still kind of scared of the dark. <laughs> um, so so I, I use that as like a protection as well. So there's so many different ways you can use it. There's no right way or wrong way. I really tell people to kind of use it and, and perform it as it feels good for you. And the other thing just to point out is it's not energy from me or from you. Basically, like I said, it's universal energy. So it's not like I am healing somebody. It's it's energy that I'm using to um, funnel into somebody to help them. So it's not, it's not 
my energy, I'm not the one that's like actually healing them. So if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. And I love it how you you admitted to being a healer and being being a person who uses uh, the energy that is out there, the energy that is residing within every one mm -hmm. of us, and mm -hmm. to let this energy heal the person involved. And mm -hmm. you're sort of a mediator, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that is actually beautiful. Um, I've had also the honor of, of being the recipient of, of such healing sessions and mm -hmm. a variety of healing modalities. And it is an... an the most strange experience there are some healing <laughs> sessions where i just float out of the session mm -hmm. and it is definitely things happening to you mm -hmm. um so it is actually a very powerful thing but i mean mm -hmm. in all fairness a, a a hypnosis session um is leaving me in the same thing so there mm -hmm. are many ways and that's certain i'm sure that yeah. that someone who does uh deep meditation or who does yeah. Uh, prayer really intense prayer mm -hmm. will will be able to achieve similar states so there are various mm -hmm. ways to to yes. achieve those those beautiful states of mm -hmm. of intentional living of serenity of calming down the chaos that is often within yes. our soul and our brain Mm -hmm. So here you are, you have been exposed to all these beautiful things and being mm -hmm. practicing that basically for 20 years. And then yeah. pregnancy comes and you're all beautiful. Yes, I gotta be a mummy. That's gonna happen. <laughs> I am. So I I had my son first, everything was fine, but my mm -hmm. second child. Um, and that's when depression hit me and it took me several months for me to figure out what happened. I had no history of depression or um, anything like that. And, you know, my story is a little different because my, my depression wasn't um, healed by medicine and therapies as it can work for so many people and it can really help and make a difference and get them out of that depression. I tried that route, but it just didn't work. I just realized it was it was more for me. It went deeper. I had to go back. Um, so I had that great childhood, but along the way, like I said, it was kind of embarrassing to say how I grew up and, and what we did as a family and um, how we did things differently. And I, I started to hide that side of myself. Um, not that I didn't meet some great people. Um, it's just... <laughs> It's just hard as a child, as you know, being a child, you don't want to be made fun of um, and you don't want to be different. So I I hid that. And as I got older, too, in my 20s, again, I wasn't around a lot of people that understood that thing. So I kind of changed myself to morph into whoever I was with. And I became a perfectionist. I became a people pleaser because I really wanted to be liked and feel worthy and I kind of took on those roles as as people pleaser and perfectionist for me to seek that um what's the word I'm looking for um acceptance and I went on like that for so long that this depression was my wake-up call like hello like you cannot live like this it's not good for you you need to be authentic you need to be yourself you need to show your true color so that way you can just feel free and 
that's ultimately what my depression was. I had to heal from becoming this person I really didn't know anymore um, and become that child that I once knew with all those gifts and to share those gifts with people and use that and and the right people will come and I'll attract the right people and I will befriend the right people. And I'm here and it's all happened. It was not easy. Um, you know, being from not wanting to be here on earth, I, I can say that I, many thoughts of not wanting to be here and just thinking that I had done nothing with my life that was worthwhile, that um, nobody would miss me. Like when you're in that state of depression, it's, it lies to you. I mean, it tells you all these things that aren't true and you believe them. And it's, I, it's hard to get out of that. But if you, you know, get to that point where you realize you get help, you can, I, you know, I, all the women that are in this book, were all proof that you can come out of it. And, you know, you, you're never, gonna be I mean every situation is different you might not be like what you were before but you're you're gonna grow into something different and you're gonna bloom in a different way that's right for you and right for that moment so um just to know that like I did this too I'm like I want to be who I was before like I want the old me back Mm. and I just when we do that it brings us down that that road that is just going to be disappointing um either way, whether you're a mother or you're not a mother, um, because you're never going to be the same person. You can only grow into something different and make yourself better. So I just want to like throw that out there. That that was a huge revelation for me. You're never going to be the same. You're never going to be that person you were. So let's, let's look into the future and hope for a better person ahead of us instead of what was behind. Mm. Sorry, I just <laughs> No, that's beautiful. No, that's absolutely beautiful. Because what you're alluding to is really post-traumatic growth, not post-traumatic stress. Um, and it is a privilege to go through that transformation because it actually changes you. It brings you out a very different person, a person that has grown, has become stronger, mm-hmm. more resilient, and you have yeah. had life experiences that mm-hmm. others have yet to experience. So yeah. it is uh, it is a gift with hindsight, but it's so mm-hmm. often that this gift is, is definitely not recognizable as such when you're going through it. Yeah. When you were in your darkness, how did it manifest was it really a quiet darkness or were you angry Um, or what were sort of the the predominant kind of feeling that was going through your head yeah I I think it was a mix I would have moments of rage and just anger and just not being able to have any control you know little things would set me off like I said I was I was a stay-at-home mom with a three-year-old a newborn and it's stressful. <laughs> it's the, the, the second time around and having both at home and not having the help and support that you need. It's just like, um, it's really hard. Um, so it showed its way in that it, it, I did a lot of crying and just releasing, um, you know, just sobbing of just, I can't do this anymore. Like just almost every day I'd call my husband and he was the greatest support. He was there for me. He was like, 
you know, when my mother wasn't around, she's, we're kind of estranged right now. We're not in each other's lives. So that really hit me not having that mother there to help me. So my husband kind of acted like a husband, a friend, uh, uh, my mother. So he had a lot of roles and he, I just, I still have to give him all the credit. He did it. He was always there for me. He would leave work early if I needed to come be with me and help me if I just couldn't get through the day, which was many days, um, that I just couldn't get through. Um, in my safe space, it was, I had a hard time breastfeeding with my son. So this time around it was better. So my daughter was actually that bond with her is what really helped me through as well. And being able to breastfeed her and just have that time with her. I did not have that. Um, some people associate postpartum depression with you not bonding with your baby, which does happen to some people, but that's not always what it is. Um, so I had a great bond with her and our time together really helped me as well. Um, and being able to do that and have that with her was important to help me get it through it. I will ask now quite a derogatory and stupid question and forgive me for doing so. We both know it's stupid, but some people might act, some people have no clue about Reiki and no clue about depression. Mm -hmm. They might actually ask that. Why did you not heal yourself? You're a healer. Yeah. Why don't you heal yourself? Yes. Healers need healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's for you to be able to be in a place to use your ability to heal you have to be in somewhat of a good space yourself if you have a lot of turmoil or you have a lot of stuff or blockages it's hard for you to funnel that positive energy to help others or to help yourself mm. so i i did not have that ability for that specific modality but i did have the ability to recognize and to be um very in tune with myself and my soul to know that this was more than just a clinical depression for me. You know, I, so I, I, in a way, I mean, it wasn't like a hands-on Reiki, like light healing, but it was in a way of knowing deep down what it actually was. And for me to find a way to be able to heal and have somebody else help me through that healing process. Um, does that answer? Yes. No, it does. It does. It does. Um, yeah. And it's really, really hard um, because, I mean, on the one hand, you've got the, the, the kind of weird thing of depression that mm -hmm. so many people have no clue about and have got some kind mm -hmm. of weird kind of pictures that are often more Hollywood, mm -hmm. uh, Hollywood created kind of thoughts yeah. rather than the truth. Yet mm -hmm. it hits one in three, one in four over a lifetime. Uh, one in three people will experience clinical depression um, mm -hmm. in their life. So it is it is so important that we accept it, therefore, and not mm -hmm. make it a taboo, but actually yeah. shout it from the rooftops that this yep. is something that you actually can't deal with alone, um, mm -hmm. that you often don't know what you don't know. So therefore, mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't just if your if your car doesn't work and it's a really expensive car you wouldn't just i don't know take a chainsaw to it and see if you can make mm -hmm. it work again no you would yeah. go to a garage well please do the yes. same when it comes to your to your mental problems because on the one hand there might be uh simple biological reasons 
that mm-hmm. are actually there. And for that, your GP, a yeah. family physician, will do some baseline bloods. They will have a look and see. And surprise, surprise, your mm-hmm. iron levels are in the cellar. And mm-hmm. no surprise, you have no energy. You're tired, yeah. you're moody, you're etc. So it might be as simple as that. Um mm-hmm. When it comes to you creating this beautiful free four kilogram of new life, imagine a little garden producing shitloads of veggies. I mean, it's a bumper crop after bumper crop. Can you imagine that after a while, the earth is pretty much stripped bare of anything that is needed to grow? And mm-hmm. could you now extrapolate that you as a woman who has just given birth, not just to one, but to two children, um, that maybe mm-hmm. your your shelves are bare and that maybe you need to do yeah, something yeah. about it. Not just eat shit, yeah. but actually really yeah. look after your vitamins and minerals and trace elements, etc. Mm-hmm. So there are so many things. And that is where just the biological side, the Western medicine side or yeah. the functional medicine side comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, so that's on the one hand side. So, so guys, please, 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 if you're if you're in the doldrums, if you're constantly angry, just make an appointment with your GP yeah. and actually get the basics <laughs> sorted. And before you strive for uh, spiritual enlightenment, um, parallel to that, however, we all go through so much shit in our lives. Do mm-hmm. you really think that that doesn't leave scars and these exactly. traumas? Traumas yeah. cannot cannot yeah. create some underlying core beliefs or underlying triggers that yeah. need to be addressed, and mm-hmm. that maybe um, different spiritual modalities might be just what your soul needs to actually mm-hmm. heal. So yeah. that is where both things come together, and you are practicing yeah. that in your in your uh, after your transformation. Exactly, um, and like I said, it's it's like my situation. I mean, I tried that, but I knew it just wasn't it wasn't working. And but definitely, I mean, just a good example. Like right now, like for months, I've been feeling yucky, and I'm like, you know, I need to go get my blood work done. And sure enough, what you were just talking about, it's funny that you mentioned that my iron was low. And um, so yes, I am taking iron supplements, you know, I really believe that both go hand in hand for so many, it's not like you said, it's not just this or this, it's, you know, sometimes it is just a body function that it's something is going on internally, there's an imbalance. And Western medicine is the cure-all, but sometimes it's not, sometimes it's a mix. And I think just letting people know that is helpful because everybody's unique as a person and every treatment's unique as well based on the person and what um, what's going on with them. And I think just having also people, emotions are uncomfortable. I mean, I am, I, I'm okay with emotion. And that's another way I grew up just talking about emotion, being able to express, being able to cry. And it's not a bad thing at all. And as an adult, and I always have been, I have release days, usually a couple of times a month. That's how I get through, like getting that stuff out. And um, it looks differently for everybody. I'm not saying you have to do that, but just being able to recognize and go a little bit deeper sometimes to see if it is something from the past that might be bothering you or yeah, past traumas. Um, it's hard to bring that stuff up, but 
it will help so much. It will help you feel lighter. And, and once you kind of acknowledge it and, and release that. So. And it is, there are so many examples out there of people who have come onto my show who have been exactly in, in similar positions. Um, the classic ones are the staunch men, men who are real men. And they go through their first trauma-focused uh, yoga session and mm -hmm. fall apart and think, what the fuck's going on with <laughs> yeah, me? Why the hell am I crying here? And <laughs> yes. I've just done a bloody yoga session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and they keep coming back. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Gluttons for punishment. That's yeah. a punishment is actually discovery. It's discovery, mm, yeah. what really has happened to us and yeah. those things that we are bottling up. Sometimes mm -hmm. we are our worst enemies and I'm guilty as charged. Oh, hell. Yeah. Um, I was self-medicating with vodka for far too long. And yeah. only then when I addressed the various traumas, the various shit that has happened in and heaped up in my life. My mm -hmm. goodness. And I'm still healing from that. And I'm still... Yeah. Uh, I get new insights constantly um, because I actually expose myself to people like you, Julia. I've got the privilege mm -hmm. to to interview you and I can ask stupid questions and you just keep talking. And I suddenly think, huh, and I get another another aha moment. And it's scary. It's yeah. absolutely bloody freaking scary and gorgeous mm -hmm. and wonderful. Um, I've, yeah. got dear, I've got a dear friend who she is a healer. And so she says, no, Stefan, come, I, come on, I'll sort you out. I, I, you, I feel you need another session. And I said, mm -hmm. and I was in that, <laughs> in that, in that kind of, I don't know, that kind of, no, she's just humbug. She's just, what a <laughs> bullshit. What a bull. I don't know what makes me sometimes go into that mode, but it's that mode that happens in me. So yeah. I didn't want to go. And then mm -hmm. I went there and she did some reconnective healing with me. And firstly, the shit that came out um, was so the truth. Um, mm -hmm. She told me things that were that were pretty much 99% spot on in the mm -hmm. hierarchy, in the ranking of importance. Yeah. And they were things that she could have never known. And she just came bang, bang, bang. Oh, that's that. Yep. Let's tap it out. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, there's that link. Yep. Let's tap it out. Mm -hmm. And from me being the skeptic walking into the session, half an hour later, floating out. And for yep. a week, I was a changed person. Mm -hmm. So I want to share yeah. that with you guys out there, especially the men out there, because we mm. are so stupid. Yeah. We say, no, emotions are wrong. <laughs> exactly. No, we are just stupid. So guys, please, um, if someone uh, is out there who can, who offers you the help, then please, this is a gift. This is the universe or God or whoever sending you someone, okay? That's the two by four over your head. Wake up, you yeah. idiot. Okay. <laughs> so, and if you're not, if you don't, if that doesn't happen in your life, then maybe... I'm the two by four and maybe you know it because otherwise you wouldn't have sort of come to that show. You wouldn't have actually started listening to, to Julia and mm -hmm. me rabbiting on about the, our, the, the possibilities out there to transform. Um, mm -hmm. So my strong suggestion to you guys is check out the biological side first and then 
choose one modality, something that you have not experienced before, and go there and actually see what happens. Mm-hmm. The worst that happens is that maybe it costs you a few dollars. Typically, it is not much. Um, yeah. And you could say, what a waste of time. Had not mm-hmm. done anything. Cool. And that's the same as if you try out a new sport. You might say, oh, I try golf. And you think it's the most boring shit I've ever done. <laughs> cool. Then you figure out it's the most boring shit I've ever done. And it doesn't work for you. Fair call. Yeah. Educated. And it takes time too. I think that's the other thing. Like for me, my healing journey was about four and a half years. I mean, I'm still on it, but the point where I could actually smile freely, feel joy and feel free. It was four and a half years from mm-hmm. when I Thank you. Um, yeah. found out I, I had depression. Mm-hmm. So and, and I don't want to scare people. I mean, it it wasn't like I was not in that deep dark place for that long but it just took that long for me to really heal and to do things the right way and just it's a process and and you don't want to rush that you know you want to be able to Mm. only hopefully go through depression once and Mm. and try to you know figure out what's going on and maintain you know your health afterwards whether that be with medication or therapy or counseling or seeing a spiritual healer in in one way or going to church and incorporating prayer or support groups, uh, whatever that looks like for you, it's going to be an ongoing healing through pretty much for the rest of your life. And that's okay. Cause that just means you're growing, you're getting better and you're being more yourself and being more authentic. And you'll, you'll be able to see triggers. You'll be able to see when you might not be feeling great again, you'll, you'll really be in tune with yourself and that will help you down the road um, with feeling better and knowing um, and recognizing things that might come up. You just said a lot of ors. Um, you can do prayer or this or I would say ands. There is nothing wrong. Yeah, with I just you, mean like with, some people uh, have different religions or beliefs. That's why I said or yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I wanna I just wanna uh give a different different thought on that to yeah. say, well, there's nothing wrong with you going to church and experiencing yeah. a beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ and with God. Mm-hmm. Um and then have a beautiful yoga session um, that maybe involves some chakras. Um, in, in, in reality, okay, some some uh, people are very strong. No, 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 this is devil's work. What yeah. would you tell? What would you tell someone who says, "Now, yoga, that is the the, the work of the devil." No, I mean it's. <laughs> I think it's because they just don't know about it and they don't know anybody or they've been told certain things. Um, And all that stuff to me is just light. I mean, all the people I know that are into those different modalities, they have a great awareness of themselves. They are mindful. And in, in turn, when you're mindful and you're aware of yourself and the where, how you feel and the way you do things, you're in turn treating other people better as well. And spreading that light and that awareness is what this world needs more of, (laughs) to be honest with you, instead of that hate or assuming certain things are devil's work or dark, um, just taking a chance and looking into it and, and being able to have an open mind is so important. I mean, 
just look at our history and what <laughs> the wars and all this fighting is it's just because people are closed-minded and they they believe what they believe and they believe what they believe and they just can't find a middle ground i think we just need more middle ground and and i do agree with you there's nothing wrong with doing each and every one of those things and we should feel free to be able to do that without restrictions or judgment or um feeling like we shouldn't be able to and always recognizing that there are multiple facets to us and multiple mm -hmm. layers to our omnium, both as far as trauma is mm -hmm. concerned, as well as the healing is concerned. And maybe we shouldn't call it healing. Maybe we should call it growing. Maybe yeah. we should call it in, in a, in a, uh, in a different way or look at it in a different way because mm -hmm. trauma has happened to you. Uh, and for some of us, there was shitloads of trauma made is what mm -hmm. it is. But does that trauma really define us? Or mm. is that just that what you needed to be pushed so far outside of your comfort zone that mm. you now are intentionally living and making changes and taking yes. not your life for granted, but every mm -hmm. minute, every second, making choices that hopefully yes. lead you towards a better life compared mm -hmm. with maybe leading you into a more likelihood of depression, doing certain behaviors that you are not proud of, uh, abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, etc. So it is your opportunity to grow, your opportunity to explore. And I think that is, that is Julia, you have been in that, you have been soaked into that that kind of these opportunities from an early life many of us have not but we are we are exploring aspects of that down the line and i for me it is always amazing how different modalities different healings different uh different ways of of addressing my spiritual well-being how they how my body responds to them Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I feel improved, I feel calm, I feel serene. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful. It's a lovely, lovely yeah. feeling. And yeah. that that feeling is very hard to get in other ways. Mm -hmm. There are not many drugs that do that. And if a, a drug gives mm -hmm. you that, then it's probably not the right drug for you not to be you. on. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we've got an opiate crisis in the United yes. States. That's where all mm -hmm. the oxycond uh, oxycodone uh, issues yeah. came from in the, in the well, 90s, 2000s. Um, mm -hmm. So let's be quite clear. And it's not the first time. I mean, mummy's little helpers, the benzodiazepines in the 70s that were dished out mm -hmm. left, right, and center oh that was exactly that i feel so mm -hmm. good i remember my mum uh sitting there having that uh that diazepam have washing it down with a glass of wine oh i feel so good i feel so good <laughs> and you just think and that was normal that was the 70s for crying out loud yeah. so mm -hmm. oh um that's yeah. these are false friends guys okay um, but how about some true friends? How some true friends that who actually can guide you there? Would that not be nice? <laughs> yes. Oh God. Yeah. Julia, yeah. what would you tell um a, a loved one? What would you tell the husbands of women who are going through postpartum depression? I mean, you you said yourself your husband was such mm. a strength to you. Um, yeah. What would you what would you tell someone who has 
suddenly found himself in bed with a royal bitch uh, mm. who just rips his head off left, right, and center. Mm. He can do nothing wrong, uh, nothing right, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think is just know that it's not you and and then just being there to support and to listen and to listen and support without judgment or trying to fix anything because to be honest with you I mean people try to fix and you can't do that (laughs) it doesn't work especially for someone that is in that depression um it's almost like you're not there you're living in a totally different um world and basic things in life are not basic they're very difficult so to be able to um the person who's depressed acknowledge like simple things or like oh well just do this it will make you happier or how about we try this like it, it seems helpful but it it can be very not helpful and very um give more anxiety to that person with depression mm. um and then just just be there my husband was just there he helped me he listened to me and i think that's the biggest thing just listen to them and And also like, you know, if they're willing to get help, you can help them with that. Like go to the doctors, maybe get some medicine, um, get some therapy, you know, set them up with those type of things, but also don't, don't push in a certain direction, like kind of get them on board, I think is important. Um, Yeah, I don't. It's hard. I, I keep wanting to try to get my husband to like say his side, but he is not so not like me, like open with sharing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I do have to say with you, um, you know, reading the beginning of the book, I didn't realize that your wife had had depression and it actually brought me to tears reading that because I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that you were on the other side of that situation and it just, Oh, I don't want to get teary out right now, but it did. It just brought that back and just hearing it from your Mm. side was um, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, that is, uh, and you could ask why the hell do I write a women's book um, uh, about depression? Um, First of all, depression is a bitch and it, it hits you know, boys, girls, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter which kind of gender you subscribe to, um, it, it does that. And the, it is so important for us men to re-recognize what depression really is and hear the different stories in this book. Uh, it is, there are always at least two people involved. So if a woman goes for depression, there is at least one significant other 
And actually, if you look at studies, there are often many, many more, up to 28 people who are affected by alcoholism or by, by depression of a person who get, uh, these are the, the sort of the bubble that really is touched by that disease. And I've written the foreword there. Um, I didn't want to call it a chapter because I'm not a girl. So therefore, I'm, I'm, I didn't really fit in there. Uh, so I, I wrote the foreword, but the, for, the foreword um, was entitled, What I Should Have Said. And in there are exactly those kind of things that, that with hindsight, I've learned uh, about the disease and about being a man in such a scenario. And I think it is really just be there, be present, be um, just you have hand, you've highlighted a few things. There's so many more. So guys, oh, get yeah. yourself the book, have a look in there. And I think it will be quite a, a mind opening experience for you because you don't have to go for the same shit that I went through. Um, why do you want to reinvent the wheel? Uh, listen to people who have been there and who are now making it their mission to be open about that, be transparent, breaking the booze, demystifying mental health, depression, postpartum depression, and in turn, post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. It is an opportunity, guys. And it is a threat to you as a man as you experience it it is a threat to your marriage enough marriages that have ended up on the rocks um your chances are anyhow one in two that your marriage does not succeed so mm -hmm. it's not easy but if you're willing to learn and if you're willing to take the challenge then this can be one of the best experiences for your relationship um no no doubt about that i'm living proof for exactly that but it is the healing. It's a beautiful thing, but it takes time. The growing is a beautiful thing, but it takes time. So just be aware of that. You will never be the same person again. You have not asked for that, for those lessons, but they will come and take the opportunity to grow. I think that's the, the biggest advice I can, I can give you guys out there. Um, or the partners, if this was a same-sex relationship, um, the partners of, of that woman who is going through that challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just acknowledgement. Don't pretend like it's not happening. Don't, mm. you know, I think that I still have family that won't acknowledge it. They won't acknowledge me writing into books about it, me mm. starting a business. It's like it can't be celebrated because it's depression, which is like a whole other um, <laughs> healing that I'm having to go through after the fact, because I can't, it's hard. It's hard when people still can't talk about it, even though I'm doing all these wonderful, beautiful things to help myself and to help others. Um, and it's sad. It's sad that we've come to that point in society where, you know, it makes people that uncomfortable and I want to change that. And that's part of, you know, us writing this book. I wrote my story in another collaborative book before this one. And I have been on multiple podcasts and I will talk freely about it. I will talk about it all day long. I, I, like you said, at the beginning, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops because you know what? This needs to be an everyday conversation. Mm -hmm. People need to not be ignored and pushed aside. And um, 
you know, and not be acknowledged um, because of this happening to them. That is the worst thing that I have found that I've struggled with is for people not acknowledging it and willing to help or even support, even though they don't know how to. And I think that's like part of the educational piece that I want to do in the future is just be able to give pointers on how people might be able to support people. And it's very, it's just very little things to be honest with you. Cause there's, you're not going to heal the person. There's, there's very little that you can do, but those little things are huge to them and in their world and basically acknowledgement and support and just being there to listen are, are three huge things that you can do. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Julia, you're an amazing woman, and thank you very much for your openness, for your your willingness to to be authentic and to be honest about it. Your your journey is quite unique, um, and it is beautiful to hear, and and we all can learn so much by just listening to such stories and and taking the lessons on that others have learned the hard way. How yeah. beautiful is that, that we can actually just open our own minds and therefore grow by simply listening to, to this podcast or watching a YouTube channel. Um, it is wonderful. This, these are uni unique opportunities. And you all have got the same amount of seconds in the day. So mm -hmm. each and every second, you've got a choice to make if you want to grow or if you want to just hang out, do nothing, let the world move around you without you, maybe, maybe, you know, do a bit of Candy Crush or something like that. Um, or, yeah, you have good choices to make. And I invite you to come on board on, on this beautiful journey uh, that, that Julia and I are on. Uh, Julia of self-improvement, of, of discovery. And mm -hmm. it is, I get, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm addicted mm -hmm. to growing. Yeah. I'm addicted to life nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it for what it is. So Julia, you're an amazing woman. If, if people really try to, to sort of uh, think, wow, she is gorgeous uh, and they want to get in touch with you and want to work with you, how can they get hold of you? Yeah, so my business is Olive and Bloom Holistic Care and Healing, and I do have a website. It's www.oliveandbloom.net, and I have postpartum supports for new moms, um, new parents, and also have healing um, sessions that I offer. I do full moon support groups, mother support groups. So I have a wide range of different things and more stuff to come as well, and I also have a, um, a handmade craft business too. So I kind of started doing that as part of my healing as well, because I love crafting and, you know, <laughs> making things. So, so I have that business too, but you can find that through that website as well. Cool. And it just shows how beautiful it is that we are all growing and sometimes uh, developing skills that you never thought were mm -hmm. there and just laying dormant and passions that, that that arise out of that uh growing process so it's beautiful mm. 
Brilliant. Yeah. Guys, the, the, you don't need to, to uh, look anywhere but the description of this YouTube video and about a podcast because it's all down there in the show notes. Julia, thank you so much for coming onto my show. It was an absolute beautiful experience. Yeah, you, thank you so much. And you guys out there, live with passion and look after yourself. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.